Hello, everybody. Welcome to the uh, Get Puck podcast. This is uh, episode two. Uh, I'm Dave. This is Vito. This is Matt. Hello, hey guys. Uh, hey, everyone. How are you guys doing today? Fantastic. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. Scary Halloween. Scary like how bad the Habs are lately. All right. Scary. So let, let's dive right into it. Um, I want to get your take on uh, on yesterday's game, the game uh, versus the Kings, Philip Deno and the Los Angeles Kings. Matt, if you seem to want to go first, so you can go first. I mean, my take on it is like nothing is improved. I mean, you have that miracle game in San Jose where they do something that hasn't been done, you know, in 20 plus years. They go into the shark tank. They get a shutout. They get four goals. Dynamo. I mean, obviously, Jake Allen's still in his head. Obviously, that's not going to happen every game. But, you know, there was something to build off there. There was a lot of momentum from that. Normally speaking, every year you circle that game, you know, it's a loss. Now they take that, they go and they have a day's rest. They go to L.A. and they 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 lay a goose egg like it's, it's disgusting. You know, I, I couldn't see any real thing that I can be proud of in the moment. You know, you had the first goal there, which was fantastic. It was a great play. And then the, the second they tied it up, it was all downhill, right? You know, you get that bench rock goal at the end of the game there, but essentially it was a 5-1 game and it showed like 5-1. So, so I'm just like, it's, it's, it's hard to find anything to build there. That, that's what I'm looking at. Just show me something. And I didn't see anything. Total, total bullshit. Total bullshit. I mean, they came out on the first period. They got the first goal and everyone, and everyone you could see on Twitter and people were excited saying, hey, okay, they got the first goal. It's another game that they're getting the first goal and they were driven. They get, you know, period ends. Come the second period, came out completely flat. They were dominated. Um, they just let in goal after goal. Uh, I mean, you even saw some people in the first period when after Anderson scored, they're, you know, taunting Deno. And I knew right then and there, okay, let's not do that. Because the one well, thing this team... he was sliding after right, the goal right. so on the ground. The one thing yeah, okay. this team is incapable of doing this year is playing a full 60 minutes. They just can't do it. I don't know why. They just can't seem to do it, and they can't seem to adjust on the fly. They, they, they come out flat in the second period quite often, more than they should. So to me, they are, they are playing like a bottom team. They're crap. I hate to say it, but they're crap. All right, penalty penalties <laughs> oh well when penalties. you have a penalty like, like that penalty kill that bad uh you can't be taking that many penalties so so it leads me to, to my my first question really is um what game this season we've seen you know nine games now what game this season do you guys think um best represents the Habs true identity you know was it that night in the uh, at the bell center against detroit is there a game that stands out where you saw what you think they're going to represent for the rest of the year, or, or we haven't, or have we not yet seen who the Habs are truly going to be this year? Uh, no identity yet. You can't really see it. I, I mean, I think you see flashes of what they could be, and like, I mean, and when I say flashes, I mean really short flashes, short little moments where you're like, okay, this could be the team that we expected them to be, and what we saw when we when we acquired certain players, and we were like, okay, this is it. This is going to be them. But then they just disappear. And now I, I understand, and I even said it on the last episode, that we have a lot of goal scorers and a lot of guys that can do and can score 20-plus goals, but goal scorers tend to be streaky. But there's nobody there to really carry a line or carry the team or go through things. So 
to say what their identity is, I don't know. They used to be a fast team, a relentless team. They no quit type of team. I can't say that right now with this team. They're they're a team that's literally just lost. To me, to me, we've had we've had both both sides, right? Both polar opposite sides. You have that first game in the season where yes, it was a loss to the Leafs, but it was a good game. They came out hard. They came out fast. It was very it was like d- dynamic, right? It was all cylinders going. Yes, they didn't get the result, but it looked promising. You got the other game against Detroit, where yeah, every so often a team is going to whack around the other another their opponent, and and okay, these things happen. And then every subsequent other game has been a complete disaster. So for me, they haven't balanced out yet. We, we haven't seen a game where I can say okay. Yeah, I, that's probably where they're going to be. It's either they've been playing awful, or they they put forth that great effort in game one, or they dominated Detroit. So I haven't seen the game yet where I can say that's the Habs today, not yet. Right. They're pretty much still looking for them for for themselves. They're looking to see who they are, and they don't. And I don't. They don't know who they are. They are they the team? They we know as fans and people who are watching, we know they're not the team that went to the Stanley Cup Finals. There's just too many players missing from then, but. I don't believe they're as bad as they're showing. Mm-hmm. But then again, maybe they are. I don't know, right? It's it's become it's one minute they can surprise you and one minute that you just look at them and say, "You know what? Uh get ready for a lottery pick." Well, I don't want to look, you know, just ahead and I I don't want to focus just on the Anaheim game, but I mean, I think this game against Anaheim is going to be huge. I think, you know, they had a players only meeting yesterday. Bergevin came down to the locker room. <laughs> You know, I don't know what was said, but most likely ripped into them. And uh, you would hope so. Probably wasn't pretty. So now it's time to see how they respond, right? Because because in games, I can tell you this: in games, there's been no response, right? As soon as they get down, there's no pushback. They look disconnected. Yesterday was a perfect example of it, right? So what do you expect to see in Anaheim today? And do you think that there will be some pushback finally uh, from this team? I think they go into Anaheim. I think they they play with more effort than they played in LA. Obviously, they know what they did. They got their own internal meeting. Um, Bergevin came down, uh, either hopefully either inspired him with words of encouragement, if he has the words to come up and, and the ability to hide his reactions and say it, or he ripped on them and, and hopefully it amounts to the same thing. This is a struggling Ducks team. They're They're not good. So you have an opportunity here to pounce on them. Yes, you played yesterday, but you can't really come back and tell me they're going to be tired today because I didn't see anybody really put forth really any effort yesterday to tell me they're going to be tired today. So I think it's important. I think if they win this one, you still get to keep your head above water. They lose this one. Then is it is it you can start playing the the lottery game uh, on the sites there and see where the Habs line up because, wow. I mean, it's it's bad. I'm, I'll, I'm at that I'll, point. I'll, say, I'll say this, though. If they do win this game, my prediction from last episode where I said they'd come out of the West Coast trip two and two, hey, I'll be happy on that. But even even if they they win this game, it's going to be how do they win? Did they come out playing a full sixty minutes? Are they relentless? Are they? I don't even care. No, if it's a win, let it be a win. This team, man, it's got to be a convincing win. It has to be because they have (laughs) they have not been convincing at all this season. They haven't been, so it's got to be a convincing win. I don't. You can't just say because if they win, 
just oh, you by won't the take a three-two win in overtime. I'm you gonna take, take it. it. No, we take Get it. Back two the points. point. You don't want it. <laughs> no matter what, we take the two points. Okay. But, but is, is it difference. something you want to see, though? Is, I mean, you, I, obviously, you'd much rather see. Like, well, of course, much- of course, man. You want to see them out there. You want to see them buzzing and playing well. But at this point, I mean, guys, beggars can't be choosers here. I mean, they're thirtieth and thirty-first in the league in just about every stat that's important. I mean, win. Just get a win. I really couldn't care if it's 3-2, if it's 5-2, 5-5, and then go to overtime, uh, shootouts, whatever. Just get the W. Because, God, it's like, this is one of the worst, this has to be one of the worst starts in franchise history. I mean, I I know for sure the power play and the PK are are historic bad. In the first nine games, I got a stat here, in the first nine games, to allow 12 power play goals against is the second worst in franchise history, a team that has been over a hundred years. How could you look at that and say, oh yeah, it's gonna it's it's gonna work itself out? Like like that ugh, Well that's bad. it performance wise yeah. on a game to game basis, this is as bad as I've ever seen them really in, in my you know in my yep. lifetime start right i mean it's just you, there's no identity there's nothing to to make you believe that they're going to snap out of this on a on a on a game to game basis and what 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 sucks is you you have guys you know who you usually rely on like jeff petrie who's just struggling at almightily and, and I, I want to get your thoughts on this as well like what did you what do you guys think of jeff petrie's game and what like is this what what jeff petrie, you can expect from jeff petrie going forward or like do, what would you guys do to to get Pet, jeff petrie going because to me this is not the Jeff Petrie you're going to rely on all year. He he needs Edmondson. You see it. Like he needs that guy to just make him feel a little more. You know, there's somebody there. There's that stability. He needs it. Um, at the same time, I'm questioning. It was you know like in previous years when Shea Weber would get hurt and Jeff Petrie he actually played better. He'd elevate his game. You'd be like, I, I almost looked at him and be and I would think, okay, so he knows Weber's going to come back at some point or at least you know except for that one season. So he knew it wasn't it was a it was a temporary thing, but now he knows he's the guy. He's yeah. the guy in the back end, and I don't know if that's weighing on him. But if you see him on the power play too, he's not really using his wingers, and that's Montreal's strength in the season. So, so that's my joke. I was gonna say, I like the power play, Jeff Petrie. I don't know who this guy is. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, he's struggling during the game, but frankly, everybody is. But on the power play, you would expect him to 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 shine like like he has in the past several seasons. There's something about how, I don't know, like you said, he's filling in for Shea Weber. Now it's more of a permanent thing. Maybe the pressure being the number one defenseman on the team. Maybe he feels he has to replace and embody Shea Weber so much so that every time he gets the puck on the blue line, he's got to take the Shea Weber slapper, right? Because this guy, I don't know if if Caulfield spit in his coffee and he's super pissed at him. Caulfield could be open by by an entire like highway length. He doesn't pass to him. I don't think I don't understand. Okay, that's an issue, but you can see there's people have taken screenshots. His real issue is he's trying to shoot through people. Mm-hmm. You see, and his own players too, his own teammates. If you ever look at a screenshot of a power play, you, you see him winding up, and there's about three, four players in front of him. Which I get. Screen the goalie, have people there, have traffic in front of the net. I understand. But there's something about the power play with Shea Weber on here being on the number one power play. It was always Pounce, bounce, bounce, get to Shea, Shea with the slapper. Now, that was it. Everybody knew it, but Shea had the tool. He had the Ovechkin-type slap shot that it was doable. That kind of worked. Jeff Petrie has an amazing slap shot, but he doesn't have a Shea Weber slap shot. And he is more mobile than Shea Weber. Why not use it? 
And frankly, I don't think he should be on the number one power play. You got to swap him out, man. Okay. You got to swap him out. Would you, would you put Alexander Romanov on, on that power play? I'd put you on that power play instead of, <laughs> instead of, instead of Jeff Petrie but at this point. I, think I, I mean, real, I think there's a real, you know, there's a spot there for Alexander Romanov. I've liked what I've seen from him recently. I, and, you know, you saw that shot uh, yep. In, yep. in San Jose. So I think there's a spot for him to get a little bit more time on that power play and to get some, to, to, to just get something going, I think. Vito, you were saying, I didn't want to interrupt you. I'm sorry. No, no, I was interrupting you. But either way, I don't, I, don't, I think we're going too far with Jeff Petrie. The whole team is not playing well. You know what I mean? Like, it's not just on Jeff Petrie. It's no, the whole leaders team. Leaders are supposed right? to elevate. Jeff Petrie is a leader on this team. He is the number one defenseman on this team. Forgive me, Shea Weber. He's my captain. I love the guy, but he is not coming back. Matt, Shea he's, we- he's a, he's a, he's n- yes, okay, he's the number one, but he shouldn't yes. be. He shouldn't well, but be. He, and, but, and that's the but thing. Frankly, this he's Montreal- played like a number one, dude. He's he, played like a number one the past two, three seasons. Should he be playing better than what he's playing now? Yes, absolutely. But Miles he is not a number one defense. And at the same time, for the last two years, we've, we've, you know, people have been saying Jeff Petrie's aging like a fine wine. He's one of those guys that's getting better and better. Oh, he got old overnight? He's one of those guys? I'm not no, making fun. That, that I'm not saying, I'm that not saying he I'm not saying he got old overnight, but who knows? Is he playing with an, with an injury? Right now, everybody's confidence is low. Everybody, you could see it. They score a goal. It's like okay, great. They're doing the moment they get a power play, and they don't produce on it. They're deflated. The moment they they're on the penalty kill, they get scored on. They're deflated. The moment they get to the second period, and they have a lead, they're deflated. No it's, matter it's no matter it's how like you that, spin, uh, they're just they have their confidence is so fragile. But it's like that boxing analogy, right? Where you throw punches, you're hitting the other guy. It's fantastic. The moment you get hit, that first punch, now all of a sudden your game plan's gone, right? And so now they got punched back, and it's like, (laughs) exactly, right? It's all wonderful to go into the game with a plan until Tyson punches you in the face. And now every time he kind of moves his fist even, you flinch. And that's what the Habs are doing right now. Nice. I like that analogy. Mike Tyson, uh, highly recommend reading his book. Great great read. Um, Yeah, so I mean, I'll actually look into it. You guys know mine. I would put Romanov on the power play. Maybe, you know, even split up uh, that Dvorak, Anderson, Dehoy line, try to get the magic going all over the place. What lineup change would you guys like to see? Last question on on, on this roster right now and, and coming up. What, is there any obvious change that you guys would like to see? Right here, baby. Right here. Right. Give me Caulfield. Give me Suzuki. Give me Drouin. Make it happen. I like it. I want that line. I'd put Devo with uh, Gallagher and Toffoli, to be honest. Okay. There's my. There's your uh, and, second line. And the reason why yeah. I would do that is Gallagher excelled with Deno. We know how that worked out. And technically, Devo is, is the guy who's replacing Deno in a sense, or at least some of the elements Dif- that Deno did. Different kind of player, but yeah. different yeah. kind of player, right? So I yeah. would kind of pair pair those guys up. I mean, just pair Dvorak with Gallagher and plug anybody on that side, really. All right. So uh, Hoffman Love here. Hoffman no, Hoffman no. With the, third the, line. I would put Hoffman. You see. <laughs> You said Drouin with Suzuki and Caulfield. I like yeah. that a lot. Yeah. I, I would take Drouin out and put Anderson. You need somebody to forecheck on that one. I Personally, because Hoffman's been killing it and I like the Anderson drive, for me, it's Hoffman and Anderson and your center could be up for debate. What I would like to see, I don't know what's up with Jake Evans. They keep calling it therapy days, but he's, mm-hmm. he's obviously hurt. Get me Adam Brooks back in here. Give him some reps. Give him some reps. Perot. 
God love him with his hat trick in Montreal. I thought it was beautiful. He is not, if he is your third line center on this team, There's you a have big, big, big problems. Big so problems. I don't want to see him at the 3C. I also don't want to see Cedric Paquette around too, too much longer either. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I'd like to see Perot as your 4C. If Evans is hurt, I want to see Brooks in three. And when Evans comes back, I want to see Brooks and Evans switch. Depending how Brooks is doing. Maybe maybe he uh, maybe he get, finds uh, lightning in a bottle and you keep that line. I'm cool Brooke, with that too. If you're counting on Brooks to be your 3C, I, I watched him a lot with the Leafs last year. You, you're, you, he's a fourth line center. You're, you're uh, still, you're put, still in trouble. Put Evans if he's up, your, three, put if Evans he's your 3C. Well, listen, Evans should be the third line center based on who we have. Not based on on another team or or whatnot, but Evans in an ideal world, Evans is four C potential. He has, he has three, three C potential. potential, but he can't stay healthy. That's another story. Uh, he yeah. can't stay healthy. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you know what? Is. His contract is digestible enough with the extension he got that he can he could be a fourth line center. So yes, I would absolutely. plug the, what I think and I, what I think Montreal should do and Mark Bergevin is find a way to either get a bonafide 2C and Dvorak moves down or you find a 3C and Dvorak stays at as the 2C. Because right now, something's not working with Suzuki either. I mean, he's starting to put up the numbers, but okay. face-off face is abysmal. I think you got to get that notion out of your head that any moves are going to happen until that uh, situation with Bergevin gets sorted. Well, that's it. So that, that's what I want to get to, guys. So, like, you know, a lot of people, the the, the the words on Twitter, you know, Dylan Strom, stuff like that. But so now mm. that we're getting to kind of like a crossroads where, you know, we're 10 games into a season and it's gone completely off the rails. We're close to losing the season. So mm-hmm. at what point does Mark Bergeron have to start doing things? And at what point does Jeff Molson have to come down? You know, we haven't seen Jeff Molson in forever. So when – Game one, uh, right? Go yeah. Habs go, waving, and then that's it. Back <laughs> well, no, exactly. to exactly. But we haven't seen a, a, yeah. a Jeff Molson with the media in forever, which is very unusual because Jeff Molson likes giving press conference. Jeff Molson likes coming on. You know, we used to do shows from uh, Hurley's, and Jeff Molson would just come un- un- unasked and come and sit down with Mitch Melnick and, and you know, show up. So he likes talking to the media. He did, so and we haven't seen him, which is very uncharacteristic of Jeff mm-hmm. Molson. So at what point does he have to come in and – Give an update to Mark to the Mark Bergeron situation, just so that you can get a bit of clarification. You could breathe a little bit easier, knowing that there's a plan in place at least. Because right now, all it seems is that they're, they're stalled in contract negotiations. From what from what I can from the outside looking in, it looks yep. as though they're stalled yep. in contract negotiations, and they don't know what's going on for the future, which is not ideal for a team right now. That's where it is. So, what what what's your take on that, guys? Yesterday. It should have been done yesterday. It should have been done at the beginning of the season. It should have been done before the preseason. This is insane. It's insane that you have a team being being championed by a guy who doesn't have a future at the end of this year. He might, right? There might be a contract coming. But right now, as we talk today, okay, your guy who's leading this team theoretically has no uh, uh, concern for the future of this team because he theoretically might not be here. This needs to be addressed this needs to be priority one, because like you said, there are holes, there are problems with this team that could theoretically be addressed via a transaction, and you cannot allow a GM who might not be here next year to make plays for the future for a team when when he has no stake in it. Give him a contract, sign it, work it out, figure out what the problem is. Is it money? Is it term? Whatever. Is it desire? I mean, Mark Bergevin, I happen to like the guy. I liked where he's been going with it. 
But frankly, if it's time, nine years is a long time to head a club. Maybe it's time for a, 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 a changing of the guard. But you got to make a play. you got to do something. This cannot last any longer. Something needs to be done. And that needs to be the number one priority that they address with this team. Like I said, yesterday. I'm going to answer your question with a question. Do we think, do you guys think that Molson is on the fence? Not whether to re-sign Bergevin, but whether the team itself should go on a rebuild or not. Uh, and and I, let me, I'm going to bring up one point to consider. Before, last year, I would have said there's no way it's happening. But as long as Shea Weber and Carey Price are there, and you have that kind of that window, and you want to get those years from them before they actually decide to retire, then you'd say no. They're going to try to find a way to bring in some youth while having those guys there and being the leaders of the team, and that it'll be like a, a core. But Shea Weber's not there anymore. And Carey Price, he's there, but he's not there. So if that window that we're talking about to win something or you know use their years is no longer available to, to the Habs, or is it time to go into rebuild mode? Like officially. I mean, I mean, it may be, but I don't think Jeff Molson wants to go that route at all. I, I think that that's what he liked about Mark Bergevin is that Bergevin never really went the the, the rebuild. He he called it the mod- modified what was it retool or whatever. Yeah, yeah it it's a re- for retool. better or worse. We're yeah. retooling along the way. And, right. and I really think that that's what Jeff Molson liked. That kept people in the seats, kept people engaged with his brand. I mean, obviously, the brand's untouchable. The Canadians are going to be the Canadians. Are going to be the Canadians. But I think that. Um, I, I just don't see it. I don't see him wanting to go for the straight rebuild just based off of 10 game, ten bad games. It was the Stanley Cup final. Just, you know, I get it's not the same team, but they went to the Stanley Cup final just last but season. But does, does that not give them a little bit of, of wiggle room? You have you have the good grace of the not fan, in our base fan base. Hold on a second there. Hold on. I get it. The fan base is fickled. I understand. But let's think about it objectively for a second. You just had a Stanley Cup final appearance. You lost, but it's the first time since 1993. A lot of your fans weren't even born the last time that the Stanley Cup, uh, the Habs were in the Cup, let alone won a Cup. So now you have that. Now you have a draft in Montreal coming up. You have the possibility, the way they're playing right now, they're a bottom 10 team, and that bottom 10 first round pick is protected from that trade that we did for Dvorak, right? So mm-hmm. you would give the Carolina, which is likely the way Carolina is playing, it's likely going to be a low, uh, high 20s, you know, kind of pick there, possibly. So... Is this not the best time to, to not tank, but rebuild, right? That's their word that they use. Would this not be the premier moment in a deep draft, Shane Wright, a bunch of other high-end prospects in the top 10, you grab one of these guys, it's a lost season. Guys, it's the end of October and like everybody's already waving the white flag. The fan base is already there. They've already somewhat kind of checked out. Just coast through it, figure out your new GM and 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 maybe this is the time to strike. You do like New York did. You send out a letter to everybody saying, "Guys, we're sorry, but yada yada yada, we're going to rebuild. We have a we have a bunch of young guys that we just signed. We we have promised with them. We got some veterans that are relatively young, um, but but we got them for a couple more years. Let's bang this out now. I'd be okay with that. You'd be okay with it, and in an I ideal would. world, that's I probably would. the best way to go right that's probably the best way to do it the thing is they're not built to tank so well no team no team is built to tank but this team is tanking that's false 
Okay, well, you know what I mean, right? No one's going to outright say we're losing on purpose. There are some teams that inevitably you're going to look at and they're like, this team is trash. Go, it's go trash tier put together when the trash. To go, when the Leafs, okay, go, go, go back and look at when the Leafs got Moss and Matthews. Go back and look at when the Leafs got Mitch Marner, William Nylander, Morgan Riley, all those. Go look at those teams and tell me that that team was not built to tank. The, 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 it was awful. Uh, Kuhlman, Grabowski is your top line. Like, that's not... Um, that's that is a team. They built. had Kessel. They had Fanuf. They, they had, had... Phil, Phil Kessel. That's it. They put yeah. all their eggs in the Dion Fanuf basket. Like that's that's not a recipe for success in, in in that NHL. They knew what they were doing. It was built perfectly for what they wanted to accomplish. The Habs aren't built that way. Carey Price is going to come back. He's going to steal a whole bunch of games. You have Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki. But but he's not there. I agree with you, but why not take the opportunity with Carey Price? And again, I don't want to, I don't want to seize an opportunity on what he's struggling with. But the the fact of the matter is, he's not there. You have Jake Allen. I think you have Sam uh, Montebo in tonight. Like Sam Montebo is your backup goalie right now, guys. I know we talked about it last time. I don't want to make this a podcast about how we rip on this poor kid, but he's not an NHL goalie. This this might be a perfect storm. To seize it, you sit back, upper management sits there and looks and says, you know what, we can just twiddle our thumbs and say, we didn't build this team to tank, as you say, like the but least that, did. But then that goes but back maybe to my we're question. Here. That goes back to my question. Maybe that's why Molson's on the fence on all this, because is, is Mark Bergevin the guy that you want to keep to rebuild but, your team? But, but at the same time, you're saying, you know, Mark Bergevin, uh, Molson liked that Mark Bergevin is built, rebuilding on the flyer, retooling, as we said, and it keeps fans in the seats. The fans are not really in the seats as much as they were previous years. I mean, so there's that. I mean, they're still getting 16,000 fans or between 16 and a full capacity, but it was unheard of a few years ago to even say that it wasn't a sold-out arena. I, I COVID think, is still a thing, right? I, yeah, I, I think that that has a lot to do Just with the COVID yeah. and the double vaccination. Uh, yeah. I, I'm telling you that right away. I mean, I think that it would be a sellout if those measures weren't in place. I'm, I, I think I'm, so too. The, the fan experience too, from all accounts, wearing a mask at all times, having security in your face as soon like it, it, play, it plays a lot into it, like it or not. I think that yeah, the, play, the fan experience has gone down a ton at the Bells. I agree. I'll tell you that. But this team, this team needs a quarterback. At the end of the day, when we're talking about the roster, needs a quarterback, and they need a leader. You know, our our GM is supposed to be a leader. We lost a lot of leadership, and we have a GM right now, but we don't know if he's coming back. So what, from, what, why are from we talking top to, GM and leader, though, and, and omitting coach? Because the coach just signed a three-year contract, and he's that's not going why, to I yeah. heard that. Okay, listen to me. All right? I don't give a shit that he signed a three-year contract, boys. That's fair. I'm sorry. I'm this sorry. I'm not check. Jeff You're not Molson, paying his check. I, I, listen, I, I'm not paying his gas money. Forget his check. <laughs> All right? The point is, the team has a system. You look on paper, these guys as individuals are all good players. They're all, you have five or six guys that are former 30 goal scorers. They should work. This should be but working. As, that as means, individuals. hold on a second, hold on a second. That means as a team, playing a system, it's not working. And when you look at it that way, to me, you have, this isn't a completely new team from last year. It has a lot of new pieces, don't get me wrong, but the 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 foundation of it is relatively the same. All of a sudden, it's not working because Carey Price isn't there and Shea Weber's on your back end? No. I think Ducharme is Those putting in place... Two big pieces. I get it. I get it. I get it. But at the same time, there's nothing clicking. You can watch the effort. Forget that they might lose every game as long as the effort and you can see the system there and they're building on something. It's like the players are trying to do something they're being told to do that's not natural to them. 
I, I, I think there's something wrong with the way that he's coaching the team with the system. Okay, Matt, and I agree, I agree with you. I actually agree with you on this. Good. But I'm telling part. you Good. that a, 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 a trip to the Stanley Cup final plus a three-year contract extension gets him a season at least on behind the bench. And, and I'm not saying it's, it's, it's warranted, but I'm saying that's what it gets you. This is the NHL, man. This is an old boys club. This is how it works. This is I understand. And I understand. I understand your point, and I'm telling you that I agree with it. I'm just saying it's not going to happen. Barring a 40-game disaster, Probably. they're dead last after 40 games. And even then, he, if you – He has a terrible record, embrace, by the way. If you want to embrace Sorry. the rebuild, he's not. they're not going to remove him after the four, uh, disaster of a 40-game if that's what their, their, their strategy is. So that's why I'm saying that in, I think Duchamp is here to stay. Unless, barring some big – structural change within the organization I, I i think that he gets the year at least to show, show what he can do that's my feeling at least if mark bergevin is gone does that does if that mark bergevin is gone give to a gone, better possibility of ducharme being replaced 100 guy comes in 100 yeah. because typically every gm wants to bring their own coach in no but the g the, the gm bringing a coach in is a lifeline for them right so the, usually what a gm does is they'll keep the coach until things start going wrong, and then they could pinpoint, "Oh yeah, I was the coach. I didn't bring my yeah. guy yet." And then they get right. a reset, right? So if you if you get if you play that card right away, no GM. Yeah. If you look back, no GM is going to play that card right away. So even with a new GM, I'm not saying it's going to bring change right away. I I really thought Ducharme being a younger guy, a, a, a modern day coach, would have brought some more pizzazz. I thought a younger guy would be more enthusiastic and energetic. I mean, frankly, I'm starting to miss Claude Julien on the bench, getting his face all red and getting all upset and, and cursing okay, people. Whoa, sure. whoa, okay, I'm not missing. Whoa. I don't you have miss to understand the Claude Julien Ducharme's still coming from the same mindset, the same hockey structure, the same I'm not even coaching. talking hockey now. Show me some emotion. The guy looks like we won seven nothing. Oh, we had a great game. We lost seven nothing. Yeah, it was a really bad game. Yeah, but you can also have the other side of the spectrum where you get. We didn't work real hard. You can also get the other side of the spectrum where you get Patrick Roy, who literally will <laughs> throw sticks on the ice and just lose his shit. Hey, if we're gonna round. have a bad season, entertain me. That's where I come from. If it's gonna be bad, if they're gonna be, because my biggest fear, guys, the biggest fear I have for this team is they're gonna go for the next two months and they're gonna be like a 300 team and it's gonna be like they're the bottom place team or 30th or 29th. And then all of a sudden in the new year, they're gonna surge. And then they're gonna surge a bit and then they're gonna taper off again. And all of a sudden the Habs are gonna be, and this is the worst part, the Habs first is gonna be something like 15th or whatever. And bye-bye 15th, it goes to Carolina. Uh, not Carolina, it goes to uh, Arizona. And what do we get left with? Carolina's first, which is likely going to be late 20s, right? The way they're playing. So, I'm telling, yay. I'm telling you right now, that's how this team is built. I, I'm telling you, you have Hoffman, you have Carey Price that's going to come back, like it or not. Because Carey Price, in an ideal world, fine. You say Carey Price, just take sit out the year. But these guys want to play, man. They're professional. No, no, he, play. he'll, come back. Ready, he'll come back. He's coming yeah. back. And then, and then you you you're you have you're too much depth on the wing. You're gonna win games. I'm and telling you, this is then how let this them win. I'm okay with that. But then win consistently, lose consistently, or win look, consistently. Look at the holes. Look at the holes up. The, we we spoke about it before the season. I, I don't know if we if, if you know there's too many holes up the middle and there's too many holes on the fence. There there there's an issue on every, in. You can find a fault or a problem with the entire roster, yeah. and you know what. Somebody like Carey Price on a night-to-night basis would mask a lot of it. 
And one underrated thing that Carey Price brings, besides game-breaking saves, that is not happening right now that would help the, the defense tremendously, is his puck movement. Something J- Jake Allen is not we capable of doing. We are not a Carey Price away from this team all of a sudden turning around and being a great no, team. No, no, we are not. But we're a Carey Price away from maybe squeezing into the playoffs. Yeah. Not the way the forwards are playing. Not I the way the fence is playing. If you, have, if you have the carry price of, of uh, the, yeah, the twenty fifteen carry price, yeah, yeah, yeah. Final no, if you get the carry price even from this playoff run. Yeah, I, I don't think. You know what I mean? Like that—that's the thing. Allen has not been bad. He has one or two games I'm where you can bl- say he let in some bad goals. He is not a carry price. He doesn't have his finesse and his puck moving ability. But Jake Allen has been solid. Okay, he's been solid. So I don't believe you put Carey not, Price back there and all of a sudden, instead of being two and eight or whatever the hell they are, two, two and seven, suddenly they're going to be like Matt, four, four and five. Matt, not, not for anything. Big. You're really in, in the world of hockey, his puck movement skills and what he's capable to do to help the defense out. That's, that's huge on the back end. Unless it's literally having, it's literally having a goal, an elite goalie with another scoring defenseman. Scoring himself. He is not going to be the difference maker there, in ter- turning this team over. References the Patrick Watt. There you Jeez. go. <laughs> <laughs> we get it now, right? Jeez, just wear the jersey already. All right. I want to go get to do a uh, a new segment now that's kind of uh, Matt's idea, but I'm kind of hijacking it. So it's uh, – Nope. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, this segment is going to be called uh, Get Puck, Bro, because you guys are going to be very <laughs> mad at each other probably. So um, basically I want to pitch you guys together, uh, PTI style, and you guys are going to argue one way or the other. Now, I don't know – how do you guys want to do this? Do you guys want to pick a side first or do I just assign a side to you? How, how do you guys want to do this? Assign it. Assign it. What did you say, Vito? Assign it. Ah, I thought you were disagreeing already. All right, fine. I'll assign <laughs> it. All right, so my question um, is going to be for this one. Would you put Cole Caulfield down to the AHL with Little Vile Rocket? That's my question, all right? And I want to see... Vito argue for it, and I want to see Matt say absolutely not. Don't send him to Laval. Okay. I don't know what your guys' views on this are, anyways, and I don't care really. I just want you to argue <laughs> it the way I want him to want it argued. So, All right. um, since, Who wants to okay, go first? for it, I'll go first. Fuck okay. yes, send them down. Wow. Send them down. Love the confidence. And <laughs> the reason why I'm going to say send them down, um, get them away from this shit show that is the team right now. Just get him away from it. Let him go down. Let him go down. Let him play with Laval. You know they're they're doing some good things there. Let them let him just get his confidence back. Rip some shots. Not have to feel like he's probably getting ripped on or not getting you know the pass from Petrie when he should be getting it. Um, just let him go down there and dominate. Because the one thing he hasn't done, he's done well. You know in the small sample size in the NHL, and I think I think he's going to be great for us. But he he needs to find that confidence again. He needs to be be that dynamic player who can go in and rip a shot and do something. And he's just not going to do it in Montreal right now with it, with him gripping the stick so tightly and not getting the opportunities or the chances that he wants. You see him trying, but you also see him trying too hard. So let him go to Laval. Let him let him find his way again and let him dominate. Like you, that's what he needs to do. He needs to just dominate and then come back up, even if it's for 10, 15, 20 games. It doesn't matter. And then call bring him back 20 up. Games. Why not? We have the wingers. We're not lacking wingers. At this point, is the Montreal Canadiens lacking wingers? No. But you All know right, what? You, the you Laval Rockets. Who takes his place? Oh, I'm sorry. Why? Armia can't go up? He's the guy's $3.5 million playing you're on the fourth set, line. You're sending him down. So who are you putting in there? 
I'll put Armia. I don't care. You have Hoffman. You have Garmia, who replaces got, Armia's spot? Uh, you have Pocket. You have uh, Brooks. Okay. You have Paquette. a bunch of you have a okay. bunch of players that can literally go on the fourth line and are okay. fourth liners. Cool. But no, are we're having done? Armia. Are you done? We have Armia. No, I'm not done. We have okay. Armia at three and a half million dollars playing on the fourth line. Yeah, you no. hesitate to tell Matt to get pucked, huh? Because because uh, that's how deep you this know, team is. Oh, puck off! <laughs> Listen, it is crazy to consider to send Caulfield down to the AHL. Crazy. Number one, first and foremost, this kid is a winner. He's always been a winner. Every place that he's played, he's been a winner. He's been a proficient goal scorer since he's been four years old, probably. All right, you send him down now. While he's theoretically struggling, you might shatter his confidence more so than it already is. You're literally picking him out out of a team that everybody's playing like trash and saying, you kid, you are going down even further. Go to the AHL. Somewhere where he has never gone yet, right? Or or he did like two or three games of the uh, last season before he went to the playoffs with us, whatever. Terrible, terrible idea. Number two, the longer he stays up, the more chemistry he's going to start to build. You start to take him away from the team, all of a sudden he loses the opportunity to build chemistry and snap out of this, right? And frankly, he's been actually one of the players that have been progressing. I mentioned the beginning of the podcast that I don't, I didn't see nothing. If I were to say one thing, it's not a great amount of progression, but if I were to say one thing, the Cole Caulfield of game nine is significantly better than the Cole Caulfield of game two. Significantly. He is progressing. He is finding maybe that he's not on that top pairing. He's going against uh, some of the weaker pairings out there. So perhaps it's just inevitable and the floodgates are going to open. All right. So to me, that are the main deciding factors to keep him up. You don't want to get him away to, to, to perhaps ruin his confidence even more so than it already is. And you want to give him the opportunity as much as possible until he is the only one that's still struggling to build chemistry. Test Mr. his character, man. Pucked. Test his character. I'm, Not I'm, for anything. Just let him go down. Why? Ryan Paling, uh, look what okay. he's doing lately. He's playing well. Let him go there. Let him dominate. Ryan Paling it's couldn't the, make the lineup yeah. on opening night. You're going to use right him as a now, comparison. Right now, Caulfield shouldn't be in the lineup. And even if he is, send him to the third line. None we'll of them should with, be in the lineup right with, now. Go play with Perot. Okay, you've got to Foley there. You started start off the season with Suzuki, but you're already... We're already shattering his confidence anyway. All right. So, you know, I got a follow-up question here for you. So, and Matt, what the hell is going on with your camera? Yeah, man? Sorry, guys. I'm trying to tech support this while we're talking. Sorry. I feel drunk or I feel – I don't know what's going on there. Okay. So, Vito, I got a follow-up question for you. So, does – how the Habs handled Jesperi Kotkaniemi not bother you a little bit when talking about sending uh, Cole Caulfield down to the uh, to the AHL. Damn it, Dave. I, I was thinking about that as I was talking, and I didn't want to bring it up because I know there's still people that are just dying to hear this, mm-hmm. uh, whether the Habs mishandled KK. And yes, you can't you you can see some parallels here, mm-hmm. right? And I think before things really go off the rails and really break this kid's character or break his uh, confidence completely at 100%, I would. You gotta send them down, even for a few games. Just let them let them feel a winning a winning mindset again. Let them feel like a couple of goals, and and let's see, let them come back at some point and see if it translates. Because Montreal's deep uh, on the wings, and they can afford a few games without Caulfield. They okay. can. I mean, they're losing anyways. The Habs. So why? It's not. They're not like you said. They're not a carry price away from being an elite team. 
Well, right now, Caulfield's not scoring goals, and it's not it's not his fault in a but, sense. But you can admit but, he has looked better, right? He has looked better, but not 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 enough to say he should stay here right now and while everything's going to shit. I mean, the general managers come into the room. That you don't have the leaders. Nothing's going right. So why keep him in this losing environment? Okay, send him down. And Matt, my rebuttal to you is what happens in five games when Cole Caulfield still doesn't have a goal? What happens in 10 games when Cole Caulfield still doesn't have a goal? It's, it's, it's all about where you yeah. send him down. It's got it's it's about context, right? So in the next five to ten games, is he really the only one struggling? Then then yeah, maybe you got a big a bigger argument then. I just look at it and say, this is a kid, right? He is very young, and the entire team is not up to snuff right now. And if you decide to just take him. And kick him to the curb. And not just sit him out a game and keep him with the team, but actually send him down. I mean, yes, we could look at it and say, oh yeah, well, he's going to send him to the AHL and he's going to torch the AHL. Well, what if he doesn't torch the AHL? What if, if, he he doesn't, down if he doesn't and he's torch the AHL? But either? if he doesn't torch the AHL, that means he shouldn't be in the NHL either. Go and dominate. How many points did he have in the playoffs last season? This kid is an NHLer. Regardless, teams are watching him now. There's a difference between last year and this year. Teams are watching him now. Which so is he good. Should, that should lead should. to other people being open. But, but he, there, no one's his, What's his strength? Matt, what's his strength? His strength is to score goals. goals. He's yeah. not scoring goals. And not even well, like he had. He has one. He is not scoring. And even had yesterday, a couple of close yesterday opportunities, he, but he's not being dished the puck properly. Yesterday he, he was in front of the. On the hold on a on second. The, on the power play properly. He, he was in front of the goalie yesterday, and what Caulfield did would normally do is he'd find an angle. That's the one thing that they always said was a strength. He's one of those guys that could find a space where the average player doesn't find it. And what did he do? He shot right at the crest. He shot at the logo. He's not playing the Cole Caulfield. That he won, he was drafted, and the way he was dominating the NCAA. And I know, I know, I know it's the NHL, which is why go to the AHL. Go play, go play a little bit, go dominate there, go play with everybody that right now is on an upswing, not a downswing that's that they're 30th in the standings, 30th on the P power play, 30th on the PK, and 30th in shots, and, and, and 31st by, on faceoffs. The they're just the a last place team right now. And no, no, you know what? Hold on, a second. Young hold guy on a second. Shouldn't be around this right now. It's what, toxic. One little final thought on this, and not that this is a major deciding factor at all because it is Laval, but but to give them their own their own respect, you know, you said they're playing very well. That team is performing very well in Laval. You send Caulfield down, all of a sudden guys that have been trying to and busting their ass and playing well and working hard and trying to earn their spots, Caulfield comes in, where are you going to put him? Obviously on the first line. So everybody gets bumped down and now everybody has to get squashed on a little bit. And he shows up. And now the dynamic changes. Now it's, well, Caulfield's here. Let's feed him the puck. And like so I said... So Caulfield, is Caulfield is a, as a, playing as a depth player at this point in Montreal is a fine move. But you know what? Going into the Laval and I adding more depth, well, scoring depth to the wings but you, is a bad move? No. Well, first off, we don't know what he would do in the AHL. We'd assume he's scored, yes. But I don't think he's a depth player on this team. And that comes back to my main point. I don't believe he's being utilized correctly. Pair him with Suzuki. Give him another guy like Jouet who can dish him the puck. Watch the goals happen. You cannot have Cole Caulfield playing with Matthew Perrault or right. Cedric Paquette. You can't have Matthew Perrault or shouldn't have Matthew Perrault as your third-line center to begin with. But <laughs> this right, is the reality we, we live in. So why expose him to that shit? Send him down and let him go play. And Dom, if he goes to the AHL and goes to Laval and all of a sudden he's got five goals in seven games or eight games and you're like, okay, you know what? He got, he's, got, he's got some confidence. He's scoring some goals. He's doing what he's supposed to do. Come back. All right. Well, guys, look, I, uh, 
I like I like your spirit. I like your 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 arguments. They're very good, Matt. I'm a little disappointed you didn't fit Patrick Waugh into your uh, to well, your argument listen. somehow, but it's okay. <laughs> Vito, uh, you almost had me convinced there. To be honest, I, I'm ready to you know book his ticket to Laval, but get pucked. He deserves to stay in the NHL. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so I'm sure got pucked on this shit. That's <laughs> you right. Got pucked, bro, on this Woo! one. But I do appreciate it, man. You had, you made some very strong points. Uh, either way, both of you guys, good, uh, well done. Uh, it was a pleasure speaking to you, but I mean, it's Halloween. We gotta, we gotta roll here. I'm sure we all have. Uh, you, gotta, you, gotta, you gotta go wear your costume. There's some trick or treating. Eh? Relive your youth a little bit. Exactly. You know, if yeah. you wear a mask, they don't know. They don't know how old you are. Well, right now, I'll tell you. Spoiler: My costume is a Habs jersey with a brown paper bag on my head because that's the way the team's been playing lately, and it breaks my heart. And I hope it turns around, but you know, we'll see. Right today against the Ducks, if they lose this game, guys. I don't know. I really don't have any answers. If they lose this game, well, they should send Caulfield down to Laval. It'll <laughs> <laughs> just make the next episode that much uh, more intriguing of the Get Puck podcast. So thank you, guys. Thanks for taking the time. Thank you. And we will see you all. Don't forget to uh, comment, like, subscribe, do everything you guys got to do. And uh, we'll catch you on the, the next episode. Thanks for watching. Awesome. See you later, guys.